0: Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Hey, listen. Get over
2: here. When you started playing this game, did you expect... Wait, 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 wait. This should be within the podcast, right? Uh, who knows, Mike? I'm just I'm just letting it go, and we'll see if it we'll see when the start point happens. You're pulling some Swain style <laughs> that's bullshit, a juju, baby. I, you, you, I learned you, you from the master, gonna, baby. I learned. Really, I
3: thought you were really gonna host. You're gonna Swain me?
2: <laughs> Jesus, that's right. The learner has become the master, my friend. All right, so go on. Uh, then. No, now okay. I see
3: how bad it feels.
2: <laughs> This is the moment when your self-reflection finally catches up to you. This is structureless. This is nonsense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, what was your question? Were you surprised by how mystical this game was? Like, was that surprising to you? Like, how uh, magical it felt?
3: That a supernatural element entered into it? I think it's arguable that there is a supernatural element. You
2: think there certainly is? in the game or in yeah. uh, in life uh, that's a much bigger question. Uh, well, we'll get to we'll get to it. Let's take we're them cover by that. scale. <laughs>
3: yeah. In the game. In the game. Uh, I guess yeah. I guess because the spirit of your father is the wind. But I don't I feel that that's more of a spiritual metaphysical dimension than a supernatural or are you using those terms interchangeably. Kind of
2: interchangeably. Yeah, kind of interchangeably. I, I think that's
3: if there's yeah, is there magic is a different question. Than is there a god or an afterlife, or a, or, you know a, or
2: forces your <laughs> ancestral forces, right? Like right, right. I agree. Those are, and I don't know that this game is uh, that philosophical about it. But I just, you know, I thought when I bought this, I was getting basically a, a feudal Japan Assassin's Creed, yeah. and I was pleasantly surprised to discover it was uh, much more. There's was, there's was much more emotion in it than I expected. Do you guys yeah, have it's say? a good question, yeah. Adam.
3: And do you hear how our guest is
2: not sure whether he's <laughs> supposed to speak or not yet?
3: This is because I, I, I wasn't sure if we had started hey, or what. The answer is you're not supposed to speak yet. By the way, no. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. Got it. We Come gotta on, at least we gotta name our very special guest. Absolutely. Come on, man. Absolutely. Well, then you have to say. Uh,
2: this is one upsmanship. Great. I, see, I tricked Great. you into hosting it. That was my entire you ploy. You did. Yeah, this Does is... this
3: mean I still host Luigi's Mansion as well?
2: <laughs> I don't know, but I definitely want the audience to hear this uh, us back and bickering about who hosts Luigi's Mansion. <laughs> that's the that's the real gold. That's the patron gold right there. Uh, you definitely
3: made me squirm this whole time. So you yeah. won this interaction. Yes. I, yes. Yeah. I roll and expose my belly. That's Are me. you pleased? <laughs> <laughs> Yes. <laughs> um, yes i'm michael swaim uh this guy straddling me victoriously is adam ganser wow and our very special guest for this episode is uh my co-worker at ign uh and a very good pal mr zach ryan welcome zach
4: hey what's up everybody it's me zach ryan how you guys that's doing? that's right Great. Uh, i was
3: gonna call you our king of all things social but didn't you recently like remorph your role yet again
4: Yeah, that's true. I was uh, leading the social team for about 10 months, but now I'm director of editorial video at IGN, which means I work very closely with Swain. We spent a lot of time together this summer on a lot of our event stuff, but typically my job is more focused on like evergreen content and um, big ticket feature stuff, you know, things like that. So,
3: yeah. Yeah, and I invited you on because I know you had a special love of this game. Uh, Yeah most of our interaction now is slack and zoom, but you were slacking and zooming all kinds of Tsushima stuff. And, uh, we had a channel where we were like, goes to Tsushima questions so we can sort of build our guides. And mm-hmm. you were very active in that. So I was like, this is a Tsushima guy.
4: Yeah, I am. a I am a Tsushima guy. I think as of right now, it's probably my front runner for game of the year. Ooh. I really oh, played Goate. the hell out of mm. this game. Yeah. And, uh, first platinum trophy I ever got. Um, I should wow. caveat, I should caveat this by saying that, um, One of my best friends works on this game. Uh, Former IGN colleague, Andrew Goldfarb, is the community Mm. manager for uh, Sucker Punch. Um, But I don't feel like that colored my opinion at all. I think I would have loved this game, you know, top to bottom, even if he hadn't worked on it. It's it's a really phenomenal, uh, really phenomenal game.
3: And because our podcast is supported entirely by listeners like you, um, we have no no sponsors or brands to potentially piss off, so you're pretty you're safe to speak. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this, yeah. Is, this is when
2: you get to really take on Goldfarb if you want to. That's, exactly. This is the you moment for You can trash that. the game. We yeah. and don't, I yeah. do. So. Get it. ready. Yeah. Let's
4: get into it. Thanks.
2: In this corner,
3: Goldfarb. Um, all right, yeah, let's get into it. Let's get into format. Pass our first checkpoint, mm. which in case of Ghost of Tsushima, I guess I pet another dang fox. I never got tired of petting those foxes. I pet a
2: lot of those foxes. I pet them. Did you don't have Zach, to? Did
3: you did you always take the option to pet the fox, or I, did you I stop mean, eventually?
4: Look, if you're not if you're not taking the time to pet a fox, and also I took a photo of every single fox that I pet.
3: <gasps> um, what? That's, yeah, that's yeah. wow.
4: I feel like there's I feel like there's some sort of like deep darkness within you. If you're not you know you're presented with the option to pet a cute fox and you don't do it, like what's what's your deal,
3: man? Hmm. Yeah, that's true. I'm suspect of people who don't pet the dog in, in any game where you can yeah. pet a dog. Yeah. yeah. Um, so our first segment is mm-hmm. segwayless. We just okay. hard cut right into it. You know what I mean? You feel not that? Not unlike
4: the start. Not unlike the start of the show. <laughs> Perfect. Itself. We Perfect feet
3: first. Yeah. The start of the show is more of a slow fade in of nonsense. <laughs> this is just smash to bullshit. Sure. Um, and this particular yeah. bullshit is called our speed run where we invite slash sort of socially force our guests to, to uh, try and describe the game as quickly as possible, specifically Mm -hmm. before Sonic drowns. Uh, You won't hear it now, but in post, Sonic Mm -hmm. will be slowly drowning. Uh, (laughs) And uh, hopefully you make it. You know, if you don't, that's fine. We got more Sonics where that came from. But, Zach, what are the most important aspects of Ghost of Tsushima in a nutshell to someone who hasn't played it before? Start the clock.
4: Uh, This game is... Assassin's Creed meets Breath of the Wild set in Feudal Japan. It's a revenge story uh, across three acts, and you can also pet foxes and write haiku.
3: Wow. Stop the clock. Wow. Pretty good. That was haiku-like. Was yes, that it was. Seven five seven? Was that a haiku? Quite. It could have been, no. <laughs> also, 757
4: seven is not a haiku. It's 5 seven, Isn't five, it 575?
3: Five, five. Five, five. Damn. Uh, wow. I need to brush up on haiku, even though I wrote... 35 of them to complete this game. Um, Very well sped, uh, which takes us past our next checkpoint. So uh, similarly to petting a cute fox, we've brutally decapitated a general from the shadows and it saved our progress. And that takes us to the rants portion. Since I'm the host now, which I didn't anticipate, that makes Adam Ganser player one, yeah. and it's time for his little rant on Ghosts of Tsushima, which is, this is, Zach, where we dispense our hot takes, if you will. Okay. Um, Top-level opinions, rather than the facts
2: of what the game's about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Adam, hit us. I, oh, thank you for inviting me to do that. Uh, I loved this game, although I didn't think that narratively it was as good as it could have been. Uh, and I, I really do mean just like the story beats were a little clunky. Um, the game of it, meaning the running around in the world, the, the obtaining of outfits, improving the outfits, uh, every single fox den, every single bamboo strike, uh, every hot spring, every haiku, all that stuff is really fun, and surprisingly, uh, you don't get tired of it. Like, it's... Uh, It has a lot of uh, consistent value. And the story is very good because it gives us old societal structures that sort of allow us to be more objective about the emotional problems of these people. It it finds a kind of common humanity in uh, the struggles and moral decisions In its main characters for us but it gives us that by way of giving social structures that we don't necessarily connect to here's what I mean so Jin Sakai is the ghost of Tsushima and he's forced essentially to be the ghost because there's a samurai attack to start this game and meaning the samurai have to defend against the Mongol invasion and they lose and most of the samurai are destroyed And so in order to save Japan, Jin Sakai must become this sort of Assassin's Creed character. Now, that's fascinating because Assassin's Creed has never really bothered with the question of, like, should you be doing this? Never, ever, ever bothers with that question. In fact, they're like, you want to. You know you do, so do this. So this game is a really interesting successor to the Assassin's Creed franchise, in a sense, because it stops and says, like, well, if you were to become this, there would be societies that said, no, you can't do it. This is wrong. And that's the moral tension of this film, of this, not film, this game, is, like, Jin Sakai is is forsaking the tradition of his uh, of his samurai... History and legacy, I guess, to become mm-hmm. a vigilante defender because he has to. It's very clear he has to. There's really no other way to do it. He tries doing it the samurai way several times, it always fails. And instead, he has to do this sort of backstabbing, sneaking around thing. And, you know, I don't, I, I debate whether I spoil the ending per se, but ultimately, that's the moral conflict. And I find it really fun to see a game that allows. Us to take one step back from what is now an entrenched genre because Assassin's Creed is entrenched, even if the franchise has taken some changes in the last couple iterations, and ask, well, what does it mean? Like what is it, like is is this morally viable? What does it mean historically? And adds a little mm. more historicity to it. That part is fun, and I really liked it. But the beats of it and the emotional catharses of it don't always work, and I'll go into some details about it later. Yuna is a good character who's not used correctly, um, as is her brother Taka. And uh, we should have met more people from the Shogunate. And it has a fantastic villain, though. Kotun Khan, fantastic villain. So perfect from the beginning to the end. Um, I think that's a good rant for now. So are we doing standard Oreo or cream on the bottom? Uh, I like cream on the bottom this time. All right, yeah.
3: Zach, you're the cream.
2: Okay, that uh, sounds good.
3: <laughs> Thank you for yes anding yeah, that. Most that people people metaphor. Up, <laughs> yeah, metaphor. Most yeah, people I'm, I'm push a, back I'm, when we say they're the cream on the bottom. They, nah, I don't right. know why. It rubs people the wrong way. <laughs> uh, so player two, logging on, ranting at you. Um, I actually, and I think I'll be the odd man out here, so it's good that I'm the cream. I forget I lost track of the cookie metaphor. It's good that I'm going second. It's good that I'm going second. Uh I really liked the game. I was compulsively playable. I almost platinumed it, but there were a few trophies that I was like, I can imagine what it would feel like to get that one. Uh yeah. I'd have to do this 25 more times. I'm gonna not. But uh I'd say I got 90% of the trophies or more and Uh, played nothing but ghost for, like, it completely captivated me. And yet, I received a message via our Patreon, patreon.com slash smallbeans, where uh, you can reach out and we'll always write back eventually. Um, from a big fan of one-upsmanship who pointed out that what they appreciate most is that we're trying to hold games to the standard that film has risen to, especially in the cases where games are inviting that comparison, meaning cutscenes like the story is dispensed through essentially film. And this used, you know, notable actors from the world of television and film. So I think it's a fair comparison. And if I hold the story to that standard, it was good. I I, I, uh, I think it needs an editor. I think the whole game would have been... I did get tired of the activities. Uh, although, to be fair, I did I grimly did them anyway until I got as far as I got. Grimly. <laughs> but there was a period where I felt... And this I want to get into game length in this episode. I don't know if it's a matter of taste or if it's a matter of genre. Like, this was my problem with AC Odyssey as well, which I couldn't even finish. But... Um, the activity is so fun. They made each activity fun and varied, and there were a lot. But there's such a thing as too much ice cream always. And I, was, I kind of resented that to get to the end of the story, I felt that the third act was grindy. I was doing the activities I'd done a thousand times, and I was just trying to get to it so I could wrap this game up. I thought it should have been about two-thirds as long as it was, and it, that would have made it stronger. And I know why they don't do that, because a lot of gamers would go, an open world that's two thirds as long as it could have been fuck you where's my other third of the game um but i don't understand especially as i reach my mid-30s like the benefit of just doing it again if you've done it 25 times and you get it uh and that's my rant Mm. that's a good rant
4: um The thing that interests me most about this game, I think, is sort of the dichotomous reception, right? Like, people either think that this game is really stellar and, like, an exemplary, uh, uh, like, a shining example of, like, a double-A game in an era where double-A games don't typically, like, really exist anymore, Um, or people just think that it's sort of mediocre and, like, a big bucket of fine, which is surprising to me because it it really blew me away in terms of its... um, mechanics and uh the way that it pulls you from one objective to the next you know a a word that i hear a lot and it's it's almost become sort of trite in talking about this game but it is the best way that i can think to describe it is like it's very meditative and not just in the fact that you're like writing haiku and taking a steam in a hot spring but the way that the wind guides you on your horse and pulls you to these objectives and, like, one is just just out of your path, so you might as well go and do that. And then, oh, there's a one just out of that path, so let's go and do that one too. And then you get back around to the main objective. It kind of pulls you along in the same way that, like, a Breath of the Wild did for me. And uh, Breath of the Wild is my all-time favorite game at this point, and I think mm. it's interesting now – three years on that we're starting to see games like ghost of Tsushima, like upcoming games like Genshin impact or, um, what was the one that Ubisoft just showed off? Immortals, Immortals Phoenix, Phoenix rising rising, yeah. right? Like they, these are the the post breath of the wild era games. And I was really pleased that ghost of Tsushima was able to nail it in a way that was uniquely its own, but also clearly inspired by that game. Um, I think you're both right in terms of the story. I think that the three act structure is, is served the, the gameplay of it, but not necessarily the overall narrative in that each of those acts was just the same story, right? It's like, okay, now we got to go to this castle and take him out again. And then, Oh, he, he, he went to another castle. Better the princess go to that is one. not at this castle. Right? Yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly. And so like, it's funny because this, this podcast being recorded in September when the game came out in what? June? July. July? I think.
2: Yeah. July, mm.
4: yeah. So, I <laughs> I had to do a refresher course on the story because I was like, I don't remember anything that happened in the main story. I remember a lot of the side story stuff. Like, I love the uh, the quest with um, uh, what was the warrior monk? Um,
2: yeah. Uh, the guy in the second area, uh, right? Yeah.
4: Yes. It, God, I forget his name. And then the ends old,
3: up turning away from the mon- yeah from yeah, that and B. then yes. uh, yeah.
4: sensei Ishikawa, who I love. Yeah, yeah, I love like great. his story. Um, the, the side stories to me were more interesting than the main narrative. Um, but overall, I think that like the thing that really did it for me was just the ability to like tick things off of boxes, which I typically don't do. I also didn't finish Assassin's Creed Odyssey for this exact reason, right? Like it just becomes so overwhelming, but I found myself weaving these paths back and forth across parts of the island so that by the time I got to the third area, the third act. I had already completed most of the stuff in the first two areas. Mm -hmm. So going back through for the platinum didn't take me much longer than additional like three or four hours. So I think that's what, you know, what made it so enticing. Um, Also the combat in this game, absolutely fucking rips. Um, Like, uh, I I don't know if that, this is, we want to save this for a a later segment. Let, you know, stop me if I'm getting too into the weeds on the combat here, but like the combat initially without a lock on, I was really turned off by it. Right. Like it really felt foreign and weird Mm -hmm. and just like, why would a modern game in 2020 not include a lock-on button? But as you get deeper into that game and learn the ins and outs, the power curve is so perfectly laid out for you that, like, at the end of that game, you're a badass. Like, you really have to sneak around at the beginning, but at the end of it, you're just walking into camps like, I'm here, who wants to fight? Like, here I am. If you want to take me on, go ahead. I'm going to chop your head off anyway, so let's do it. Like, um, yeah, that, that's the end of my
2: rant. Perfect. Loved that. Oh, thank you. Loved it.
3: Uh, and that takes us to Game On, my favorite hey. segment.
5: Hey guys, I'm home. Everyone knows that it's Dad's job to be a bit of a joker. Sorry I'm late, everyone. There was an accident at the factory. Monty fell into the upholstery machine. Don't worry though, he's fully recovered.
0: <sighs> Good one, Dad. <sighs> Did you get the pizza for dinner?
5: Listen to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast every day on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Hey fam, I'm Simone Boyce. I'm Danielle Robay. And we're the hosts of The Bright Side, a daily podcast from Hello Sunshine that's guaranteed to light up your day. It's molecular, you know? Listen to The Bright Side from Hello Sunshine on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or
6: wherever you get your podcasts. Hello. From Wonder Media Network, I'm Jenny Kaplan, host of Womanica, a daily podcast that introduces you to the fascinating lives of women history has forgotten. This month, we're bringing you the stories of disappearing acts, and why a woman might even want to make herself scarce. Listen to Amanika on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts
3: because there's no rules and we just go for it. <laughs> and I get to interrupt people, which is my favorite We all love art. doing that on this show. So yeah.
2: you said something that I thought was very insightful, which was uh, the third act, the three acts... Adam,
3: Adam, if I may. No, oh Adam. my God. The three acts structure coming
2: out uh, it serves the game, not the narrative. I agree, because it doesn't actually have a good three-act structure uh, in the in the yeah. movie sense right and the mm-hmm. reason why is the end of the first act is recovering your uh uncle father uncle. right your yeah. your father uncle
4: your uncle father uh, uncle. who
2: who great character perfect like i think my favorite acting in the game is is mm. the uncle father uh shimura lord shimura he's fantastic mm-hmm. and but like recovering him from captivity Should be a huge milestone, and it's kind of not. It's like sort of like a okay, you did that. Now get his castle back, and then uh, then have a real fight with the boss. And it's not. It's like why would that happen if you got if you have the last samurai uh, in this land captive? Why would he? Why would you let him go this easily? A third of the way into the game. So like already the the stuff that has emotional power. Is being dispensed in a way that helps a game but not helps a story. Uh, same right. problem with. I, th- this is the only time I'm going to bring these characters up because I have a feeling we're not going to talk a lot about them. But Yuna and Taka. Yuna is supposed to really. Oh, why
3: would we not talk oh, about? I, him. I feel I, maybe like maybe you care a lot about
2: Taka's. Him. Well, no, I only I care about the functional
3: structure of the fact that Taka is presented as the sacrifice Correct. character, the character that you actually yeah. care Correct. dies, and that's right. exactly the problem.
2: Yeah. It should have been Yuna. Uh, Yuna is
3: yeah because you care about yes. Yuna because you've inter- you've transacted with her exactly. directly way more well, she saved feels, your life.
4: It also feels unfair because like Yuna really goes out of her way to establish that Taka is like not a fighter and is a very empathetic character and like wants to be in the you know blacksmith shop and and make weapons but doesn't necessarily need to be on the battlefield. And so it like <laughs> he gets his head unceremoniously just chopped right off. You're like, well, I mean, pick on the little guy, like, that kind of sucks, you it, know, which I does totally work
3: see... to make Cohen Khan seem like a bastard. But yeah, I, sure. I, I think that. if, yes. if yeah. exactly, and Yuna had already made it clear that she would rather die saving Taka than the reverse, so it would have been like, well, she died, but at least she achieved, like, the warriors went to a warrior's death, and the peaceable people got to the peaceable area. Uh, it just didn't make story math yeah, or, sense or or
2: that taka is finally inspired to take some action instead of being a passive sure. character and become like that's really what this story is about in some ways is a bunch of people who have to take some responsibility for their freedom their mistakes their you know like and grow their choices or not. and actions yeah grow or not right. and and uh, right. they robbed us of that with taka because they gave us the upstart version that makes the game feel like a bully instead of the satisfying one. where like, yeah, somebody had to die for you. Taka time, time yeah. to grow up. Well, man. Hey,
3: let me, uh, also acting wise, don't sleep on lady Masako. Yes. Yeah, she, she was great. Was, yes. Mm.
2: Yes. Oh yeah. I loved her so much. Uh, the woman whose, whose whole clan was murdered. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, how did you feel about the endings of these little quests? Uh, like, do you like where all these little quests I, ended? Emotionally? Like Zach alluded
3: to, well, I had different oh. opinions about each one in a different case, but like Zach alluded to, I found myself more captivated by those side stories that were like a little fable with one point than the mm-hmm. overarching story, which was just take back the island, conquer, which your right. sure, game. right. And I'm like, well, sure, I was going to do that anyway,
2: you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's particularly frustrating in the third area of this game, which is just less fun. Like it's less easy to get around and things are burned down and it's winter and the third year is not that great compared to the other two. I
3: can't believe we've gone this long without talking about, and Zach, I think this is true of Breath of the Wildness, probably Mm -hmm. you would back me up on it's part of why it sucks you in and can move you around the map so smoothly, is the, uh, my hat is off to this team, if it's Sucker Punch, for nothing more than like, there's so many different. And when you get to the third act and you realize that the backgrounds, which are gorgeous, like yeah. rendered with such exquisite love and attention to detail, the environments in this game, when you realize. You're like, well, that's surely everything. We'll see more forests and shit. And you're like, this looks so distinctly different than anything I've mm-hmm. been in so far. The bamboo forests feel different than the deciduous forests feel different than like hilly areas and with lakes. It's versus, crazy yeah. how varied yeah. the ecosystem yeah. is. And it Definitely. like makes the game for it's, me. It's a big part of what keeps you oh, I'm okay with this is what I'm doing. I'm playing Ghost of Tsushima. <laughs> it's like, look at the lighting through the bamboo. This is dope. I yeah, love this. Yeah, and I mean,
4: I think probably the most inspired decision that they've made in this entire development cycle was mapping uh, the camera mode, the photo mode to the D-pad just to allow you to like just pop in so quickly to that that photo mode because like, I took hundreds of photos wow. in the course of playing this game just because the sun was rising over a hill and it was just like, wow, that's this is one of the most gorgeous games I've ever played. I better snap a picture of this it's, or like, yeah. I was mid swing with the grappling hook or something. And it was like, this looks fucking awesome. I got to take a picture of it. It's like, C- yeah. there's right. great
3: filters. And I, mm-hmm. the first game I ever use photo mood at all in is uh death stranding. And then, <laughs> This it has a very robust one, but I do think this game made some technical improvements, including that you can leave the fucking weather animations and background animations on like it's a live photo, uh, like a Harry Potter newspaper or some shit. And I also ended up taking hundreds of photos in this game. Adam, did you use the photo mode? Because it feels like a whole second game and it adds an equal amount of time. Like I spent, let's say 70 hours playing ghost of Tsushima and 70 hours taking photos. It was nuts. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I
2: don't understand. I, I know that's going to, this is going to sound insane because, uh, 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 because I direct stuff, but like, I don't the the photo thing doesn't appeal to me in video games. Yeah, uh, it yeah. this be, is the first
3: game where it really got it it's hooked. I, I tried in it. it. I
2: tried it a bunch of times because everybody was saying that, and I was like, I better give this a shot. But then I eventually unmapped it from the D pad and moved on because I didn't. I and I guess this is the thing I'm realizing about film in general. I like that things look pretty. I very much care about that. Controversial statement. <laughs> right. But I don't give a fuck if they're not emotionally mattering. Like, that is, uh-huh. that's it. And the photo mode doesn't do that for me. Uh, no, you're just
3: practicing yeah.
2: composition and sure. color theory and shit. Yeah. It's just, right.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, yes, but you're, yeah. Well, I don't want to, uh, I don't want to neg on this because I know I everybody find it likes it. it
3: satisfying to twitch the stick and be like, that's great. the composition. That looks great. Great. Yeah. <laughs> and
2: I, I guess, like, for a very long time, when games became 3D, I found myself doing that a lot. Like even with Mario 64, I used to try to manipulate the uh-huh. camera to find fun shots. Mm-hmm. And now, maybe maybe I've been doing that a long time. But now, photo mode is like, well, what am I going to look at these photos? Am I going to go back and look at them and be like, these yeah, are cool? Yeah. Like, oh, but do you? I guess
4: I guess that's a that's a good. Yes, point. I have like,
2: several times. But- yeah.
3: I see a point where six months from now. I'll never think about them again for the rest I, of my wait, life. Wait, sure. but yeah. I'm not,
2: it, first of all, it's not fair for me to tell you that what you're doing isn't actually fun. If you're enjoying it, then fucking great. You know, good for you. It's, it's fun. My only point is, uh, that I don't, the appeal of it doesn't connect for me and it might be a lack of imagination on my part, but I, it's mostly because these photos are nothing to me. You know what I mean? Like, they're like, I take them and then they're gone. And, like, I'm already appreciating the environment. Does it help you appreciate them more? Do you get that experience from it? No,
4: as I said, it's it's a safe... It's no- about composition yep. to me. And also, like, I took a lot of... I, I stopped down in a lot of different, hmm. um, like, moments that I thought, you know, like, oh, when I go back and if I go back and look at these pictures, like, I'll remember what this was, you know, like... like um, Best Legendary Quest where you get the um, the lightning slash, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. And you're fighting this dude on this, like, rock plateau over the ocean and it's raining and there's lightning, you know, crashing down. Like, that was the first time that I was like, oh, shit, I should use the photo mode because this is, like, an awesome yeah, moment yeah, that's yeah. when I – Think back to this game. I want to remember. Oh yeah, that was one of the like coolest quests that I did.
2: Uh,
4: but then I also have like a million pictures of my horse. I have so a great knows.
3: rack focus from Taka's severed head to his headless body. <laughs>
2: I, I guess <laughs> the, <laughs> here's another way to ask this question. Do you do this with life? Like when you go through life, do. Like are you you, Zach, but also you, Mike, are you guys like taking photos to remember feelings you had? A hundred percent. Interesting. Oh yeah. And are you doing that, Mike?
3: Yeah. You mean like with my phone?
2: Yeah. Uh, I don't really take photos. I don't take a lot either. And I'm trying like, but we've moved this way. Like what Zach just said is how a lot of people are doing things, right?
3: I take photos when I think, see something funny and I want to tweet it. That's
2: (laughs) right. You Right. So photos are an opportunity to say something for you. And therefore you don't take stuff. You don't take photos unless you want to say something with it.
3: And I don't generally whip out my phone and be like, I'm going to take a beautiful, well-composed photo right, right now. Right, It's like, if it is, it's like to snap a picture of where we parked so I remember where right. we parked or something like that. Yeah, yeah.
2: well, I mean, the, the reason why is I think the idea of photo mode is a thing that's adapting to a, a change in in culture, a life change in culture, which is that people now process life and their feelings through photography. And they didn't used to because they didn't, none of, we didn't all carry cameras around, right? Now we do. So the question becomes like, well, if you're, what are we actually getting out of that? And are we getting the same thing out of video games? And you're, you've answered it, right? Like I think, Zach, you're saying you're capturing emotions and later on you'll be able to relive those through those photos on some level, right?
3: Mm. Yep. And I just like yeah. the basic feeling of... It's like playing Tetris, lining up a composition that hits the thirds comfortably and looks nice. And you're like,
2: got it. That looks nice. And I I just don't like that. It's like a mini game in and of itself. Totally. And I don't, I would want to take a photo to say something and I can't in this game because it's being said for me. Like they're doing it already, and it's great. Well,
3: that's that's why I got bored of the haikus. Or I can't tell you how delighted I was the idea that the haikus would be a mini game. But frankly, mm-hmm. and this I guess is another complaint about just too much ice cream. I didn't need a thousand headbands. That said, especially random. when they weren't
2: different, they were just different colors and stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, didn't. yeah.
4: I like. It's funny. I did all those haiku challenges. Yeah. Like I, I, I did every single haiku in the game. But I think I only wore one headband through the whole fucking game. Which
3: is kind of crazy because, aside from that, the fact that the headbands felt phoned in, like they were just color swaps, this game, every suit of armor was so awesome. It really was, yeah. yeah. I really wanted every cosmetic, and I think that was one of the strongest portions of the game for me, was like, damn, I look fucking hardcore when you would get a yeah. new mask like the sakai armor that's just like a chin strap demon face mm-hmm. You're like i look so goddamn fly right now
2: um and, and that
3: makes you want to dip back into photo mode and the totally. cycle starts over yeah and that
2: i understand so let me ask you another question it's related to this so were you ever satisfied with any of the haikus you composed let me
3: ask a no, shorter they question suck. first. They're all bad. They're all bad poetry. Like, well, the, okay, that's okay. So, so, but here's like,
2: here's a question, and I I mean this sincerely. Would this game benefit from giving the player the opportunity to write actual haikus? You mean load a text box? Yeah. No one's gonna fucking do that.
3: You don't.
4: No, nah, Nobody's gonna mm, spend the time doing that.
3: I don't know. I'm not sure but about that. That's interesting. I did, I did find early on. I tried to pick the least essentially my instinct was to pick the least cliche of the three options, yeah, or the one that sounded the less, the least like keen angst, the right? least, mm-hmm, yeah, the least mm-hmm. bad, and then try to mm-hmm. pick the second line that resonated most interestingly with the first line, and so on, and yeah. actually That's be like, I, yeah. I made a decent haiku out of the pieces possible. I navigated well, um, and then eventually I was just like, whatever note is closest to my cursor, I'm <laughs> yeah, going exactly. that one.
4: Yeah, that, <laughs> that, that last third of the haikus I did, I was like, how? What's the least amount of distance I need to move this cursor? to compose these haikus, because I'm just trying to pick these off. Right,
2: yes, because I'm just trying to get the to-do list done here, which is definitely how I felt for about a quarter of this game. Uh, I agree with you on this, except for the bummer is the first like three, four times with the haiku, uh, and really a lot of these experiences, they do have a kind of magical, spiritual feeling to them that's very rewarding. And then the Mm -hmm. haikus are so bad that you don't, it doesn't continue Uh, even though the environments are fucking awesome. And I'm like, Hmm, what would it take to make that feeling persist? And maybe it's impossible, but uh, that system of writing what you described as teen angsty. And I think that's exactly right. Like it's very immature. They could
3: have called a duty one. Call of Duty won it and use real quotes like koans from the Tao Te Ching or, you know, I'm sorry, that's Chinese, but you know what I mean? Ancient Japanese wisdom could have been dispensed.
2: Yeah, Mm -hmm. but see, that's also very passive, but I I do think that might have been better. But there Uh, is
3: a lot that is very
2: profound and makes you pause and think. (laughs) Which is the point of it. That's the point of at least half of these activities is to like sit back and think, uh, which Mm -hmm. I loved. I was like, yeah. That's why not? That's a great idea. Uh, But yeah, anyway, I'm just trying to like rewrite this to make it better, I guess. Hey, Uh, let's not unlike the haiku. Right. right.
3: Of the hundreds of photos you took, Zach, how many are choice shots of Jin naked in the spa? (laughs) Yeah, I think I only took
4: one butt shot of him. Actually, but you have to.
3: It's like a. It's like Pokemon Snap, right? You're like, well, I need the that good Jin butt shot, definitely. Yeah, just you want to see that. Complete the collection. Um, That's right. I do want to spoil real quick the epilogue that we've been dancing around, so we can actually talk about the ending. So if you don't want it spoiled, you can skip ahead a few minutes. I will now explicitly state the ending, and then we can reference it from here on, which is that Jin is. you know, using tactics that his uncle father disapproves of the whole time. In fact, the fact that you're a ghost is because you do stealth kills and whatnot. And uh, according to your uncle's code of ethics, you should just you should just show up and say, "Hey, I'm here. Fight me. I'm a samurai and win." And you uh, weren't in a position to do that, so you played dirty, so to speak. And he actually challenges you to a duel. Uh, I believe you spare him, right? You you win the duel, but you don't actually kill him, or do you kill you, him?
2: You decide. I, I forget. You can choose. You decide. Oh, you get to you choose. choose.
3: That's why I forget where yeah. I landed. Um, I spared him. Uh, what you guys do? I,
2: killed I, I that did dude. too, because he that would that was yeah. honoring to him. It seemed.
3: Mm-hmm. Oh, I see. Yeah. You think he wanted? That's what he asked like, for. If he lost, give he me would, a hero's yeah. death.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I know. but tough, I tough but choice, I though. felt
3: that the end of the arc was. I'm not going to do what my uncle wants me to do. So I did the thing that I thought he wouldn't want me to do.
4: (laughs) That was one of the more successful beats, right? Like the the option that they give you to choose, you know, it's like, well, is this my last act of a, of honoring, you know, this like time honored tradition, right? Like, is this, is this Jin last acknowledgement of his old ways or, does he walk away because he's like, that's not how I do things anymore. You know, I'm this person now and I'm going to spare your life despite the fact that you're asking for this hero's death like that. That to me, I, I sat there on that. I think that there's a timer, if I remember correctly, that, that like down, and uh, to make that decision. And I, I feel like I, I waited until the very last second to actually decide what I was going to do. Hmm. Maybe there's not a timer. I actually don't remember.
3: I also remember early in the game wondering, as soon as I realized that that would be what the main arc, the emotional core of it is, didn't you guys find yourself Mm -hmm. wondering if I always approach every encounter by hitting up on the D-pad and saying, I am here, fight me, uh, do I get a bonus ending where my uncle, like I found myself wanting to please my, I'm like, can my, can uh, Lord Shimura be cool with me? Is there any way for this to work
2: out? And I don't, I'm pretty sure you're doomed. Yeah. Yeah. I
4: I don't think, I don't think it changes. I kind of
2: wish that the game had introduced the poison earlier because Mm -hmm. number one, I don't use poison that often. Uh, even in an Assassin's yeah, Creed, I barely used that well, at it all. ended up being yeah. the I think the 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 barrier that really is the it was unforgivable that he used it's poison. It's also
3: the most tangible, and right. it actually does sting. When I learned yeah. that, I'm like, yeah, that does sting. That I unleashed a poison, and they're using it against us.
2: That sucks. Yeah, that, I, that's
3: I, my bad. That felt like a mistake.
2: And that <laughs> would have helped. Again, that should have been part of the first act. Uh, because Agreed. it becomes the most important transgression. Because otherwise, it's like, mm-hmm. did you feel any connection to like this is not the samurai way? What I'm doing? Like, did you feel any connection to that as a problem?
4: Uh, not really. No. I think I was just basically just making choices depending on how I wanted yeah, to play the game.
2: Right. Yeah. Yes. Game. Yeah.
4: Do I? There, okay. There's 30 dudes here. I'll probably sneak around for a while and then kill guys. Or there's only five guys here, so I'll just take them all on at once.
2: Totally agree. Uh, Same. But I, I admired the game for trying to make that a story point.
3: Trying to actually make you care about whether you are going stealth or. Yeah. Uh, going in guns blazing which is usually a decision made out of convenience and it arguably remains so but that is a valiant effort to be like i wonder if we can make them feel bad about going stealth or, That's or actually, it's <laughs> an interesting experiment <laughs> right but because no, yeah. i didn't feel bad at
2: all going
3: stealth what? i'm like i have to there's one of me there's friggin' 30 guys come on assassin's
2: yeah. creed again I, I i basically said this in my rant but assassin's creed the whole idea of it was like doing this completely ridiculous ahistorical uh, approach right. to combat, and it's become such a permanent thing that you don't ask whether or not it was a thing people could do or should do in their time period. I love that right. this game was like, no, 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 uh, that wouldn't fly in medieval or like samurai in Japan. Feudal yeah, Japan, feudal Japan. Yeah. That wouldn't happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I loved that idea. I just didn't. I, I don't know, man. It's, it's hard to change. When we hear
3: about the American Revolution, too, or whether it's legendary or apocryphal or whatnot, I was taught, I'm, it's almost certainly false, but I was taught that, like, yeah. the Americans won because the British all marched in straight lines and were like, it is honorable to wear red and stand together and hold your guns and then fire and see who wins. Right, this and this is the how Americans wars are done. Like, Fuck that. I'm hiding behind rocks. I'm gears of war in this. Yeah. 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 I'm trying to kill dudes. I don't know what you're trying to do. Yeah. And so I guess it is hard. uh, It's hard for me to identify with the uncle at all. I'm like, what what was Jim supposed to do, man? He saved your ass.
2: Uh, Yeah. Again, uh, again, I think I get it. Well, I
3: know medieval ways of thinking are markedly different than ours. So it's just a case of historicity, I guess.
2: Well, I think there are ways, again, I think a more effective storytelling engine would have made exactly the same points, but more effectively. Like, uh, uh, there were some stories, all the stories were based around the idea of this sort of antiquated culture that has long left, mm-hmm. and we're sort of re-entering it with a little bit of a 2020 mindset, but then also being asked now set that aside and think about what it would have been like for them, you know. And I love that. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I think that's really uh helpful and fun. Uh, but the the they didn't always stick the landing on all of them. You know, what I mean, like you mentioned the Buddhist uh, monk one. That's yeah, Norio. Yes, Norio. That's his name. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I really enjoyed it until the end when he went like completely berserk. And, and I just
4: slaughtered I, everyone. Yeah, I just had a hard time yeah, with that. that. I was yeah. like, no, 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 that's... That did seem
2: out of character. Yeah, for sure, and also yeah. that seemed like a modern a modern storyteller's way of resolving things, right? Or like, ending with a climactic mm-hmm.
3: mission, because they also wanted the gameplay of, well, his mi- you got to introduce 50 baddies because it's the final mission in this quest chain. I guess Norio kills 50 guys? How can I write that in, in a way where that works? And it's <laughs> like... Actually, the end of Norio's quest chain should have been a non-combat mission or something. You yeah. Know? What if it ended with a like the ultimate haiku, <laughs> or somehow right. a special haiku that you do with Norio, and no, his quest cool. chain just sort of ends sweetly and quietly? I would have been fine with that.
4: Yeah, I think I think what you're describing is just like expectation, right? Like the the expectation that like okay, I've invested five plus hours in this one particular storyline. I needed to end on some sort of climactic something. And the mission before that final mission, when you discover that his brother is still Mm -hmm. alive to me, that was like the climax of that story. Um, And so, yeah, it it did seem pretty weird that the last mission was like, all right, now we're going to kill a bunch of these dudes. It's like, well, okay, I guess that's fine. Mm -hmm. But then you have other, you have other missions like, like, or other storylines like Ishikawa's storyline that ended with, uh, uh, him letting his protege go, you know, and I thought that was really cool. So I, I don't know. I wonder if it's if it's uh, you just kind of have to pick and choose, right? Like you have to to meet some sort of action quota, and so this person gets an explosive ending, and this person gets sort of a, a yeah, you know, a more relaxed or, or not necessarily relaxed but downplayed ending. I
2: I agree with you that there have to be uh, emotional variations for us to feel satisfied. Like totally agree with that. Mm. It's a the the war is hell ending, which is basically what Norio's character gets, mm-hmm. is uh, a yeah. tough sell because I don't. That seems like hard for that culture to embrace. Like nobody really seems well, to embrace that idea, even though it's totally reasonable for them to. Uh,
4: that ending would have made sense for Ishikawa, yes. right? Yes. Like you go. I forget his his protege's name, but like. If if that had ended closer to the way that Norio's story ended, where you storm her base with all of the Mongol horde behind her as like the the company that she's been training in archery and stuff, and you have to take them out, like that would have made sense. And that that does happen to an extent. And then Norio would have gotten a more like chilled out ending. That would have made sense too. But yeah, they just you know, this seems maybe a little swapped around. I that. wanted
2: to talk briefly about uh, Yoriko. Uh, the, the Sakai uh-huh. clan's elderly caretaker. Uh,
3: who actually is the one who teaches you to mix poisons. Yes. To make
2: the poison, yeah. Her, she was, I think, my favorite of the side quests, although... Oh, really? Yes.
3: I found myself the least invested totally. in her. She's yes. just here to teach you how to make poison. <laughs> you said
4: it, man, because... I, I I mean, I thought that until that very last correct with Yeah, her. that's
2: it. That's yeah. exactly it.
4: And that, that, that is, that that moment is probably the sweetest moment of the Mm -hmm. whole game. You know, like that, those, those dialogue options and stuff that, that pop up there. Like that was, that was a really, really cool moment. And because I didn't use poison after I did the first, maybe one or two missions for her, I was like, I don't think I'm even going to do this quest line. Like, I don't really care enough to see it through to the end. But then I thought, well, as long as I'm doing everything else, I might as well finish this one off too. And I was really glad that I did because that was one of the more rewarding quest lines I felt I like. I
3: agree. Can, can someone refresh me on yeah, the yeah. moment? I've so already forgotten We it.
2: find out that – okay, so first of all, most of her quest is like you're going to your, through your family's graves. Right. Right? Which right. that alone is – uh, it's not engaging as Mike said. I think that's an accurate description. But it is interesting Because like, you know, hey, this is the culture and he has to do these (laughs) sort of cultural things. And then you're hearing stories from her and she's fawning over you and you're, you know, you're, you're dealing with that. And also you're kind of remembering your lost family and, you know, so some of that. But it goes on and on and on. And you meet some of the Ronin that you have to kill. And then there's a third, like the very last part of it, maybe even the fourth episode is she's kind of tired, and you realize, oh, she's not doing well, and you take her to the vi- the last grave, which is, I believe, uh, like her, one of her relatives' graves. Right? It's not your grave; it's mm-hmm. her relatives' graves. And you find out that she slept with uh, your father. Right? Isn't that what it is? She,
4: mm-hmm. Like they had like they a had a whole relationship. relationship. Yeah.
2: Right? It's not like they had yeah. a whole intimate relationship. She kept it secret all these years. It was a sort of. A source of happiness for her and and I, I may be wrong
4: about this but i don't think it's ever really explicitly no. stated that they had yes. a relationship it's just the context clues in the conversations because eventually she confuses Jin for Jin's right. father uh, and she starts saying things to Jin that he's like oh shit like they clearly mm-hmm. had a different relationship than i and understood. then did
3: you guys spare her or kill her
2: <laughs> <laughs> ran her through that's what she asked I for right, I
4: kicked her right
2: off that yeah, cliff yeah.
4: You know? I, just, I used my samurai yep. kick and booted her right off the cliff
2: flaming arrow right in the skull that's what she asked for Yeah,
4: that's what she wanted to go around,
2: that so. feels like
3: uh, if, I think I may have missed the context clues on that and not latched into that or not been paying close enough attention at that moment I, that's see, cool. I, I, I like the, really, you made me realize I really love the straw hat Ronan subplot as well
2: I wanted to like that more than I did they yeah. got rid of the guy who you care about about too early. You know? I
3: just pretended they were the same guy. Right, 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 right. And, and it was all coming to a head for that guy. But he was yeah. another
2: cool character, <laughs> a, a really cool character, right? Like he's like, I'm the same as you, but I wasn't born in a noble family, so I'm here. You know, like the, right. that's a great trope. It's sort of a superhero trope, really, right? Where it's like the like yeah. it's yeah. a thing you see all the time. The 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 nemesis of the superheroes, the one without the gifts, who have to make it themselves. And so they become bad yeah, guys, MODOKs, you know, yeah, et yeah. happens a lot. Um, anyway. Yeah. I, I, so there were some great side quests and I do think the main quest on a spreadsheet works and it's good. It's just, you know, it's hard because it's an open world game. And so you play 20 hours of bamboo strikes and murdering, uh, <laughs> murdering Mongols out in the countryside before you pick up the next step of the quest and you've forgotten, everything that you've done right. before.
4: Yeah, and that that's my issue with any of these open world games. Like, I always find myself distracted by, you know, X hours of side quests and then go back to the main quest and be like, what's happening here? Oh, yeah, this guy did that. Okay, now I sort of remember. And I, you know, I think to myself more often than not when I finish games like that, I'm like, I should play this again and just storm the main quest line. And yeah. Just play through the main quest line and just, just to really take this story in. But I probably never do it because, like, you know, that, that's still twenty five hours that I had to have it, to invest, you know, to get all. It the way further
2: through. reinforces how good Breath of the Wild is because Breath of the Wild uh, found a way to give you an a linear structure where you really had true freedom, and yet it bas- it. I don't know if it's design or if it's gamer mentality or whatever, but basically, once you kind of get into an area, you kind of finish their narrative there. And like sort of see that area through, and so you're tracking it. And
4: Breath of the Wild, yeah, yeah, and Breath of the Wild also allows the player to choose how invested they want to be in the story, right? Like there are cutscenes that you're served for sure that you you know you watch as part of the the standard playthrough, but there's so much more of that story that is hidden memories and just like environmental storytelling there that that you know like I, I think that that's one of the things that always kind of surprises me about Breath of the Wild is people are like, oh, there's no story in that game. Like, that's one of the big detractors. is like, it doesn't have a story. It's like, well, first of all, none of the Zelda games really have that great a story. But secondly, this Breath of the Wild probably has the best out of all of them. Almost <laughs> like, certainly. It's probably the most yeah, developed. almost yeah. certainly. It's just that,
2: yeah, it's, it's really more, that's a more experience-driven game. I would argue this game's pretty close to an experience-driven game, even though they give you a plot. Oh, totally. Uh, oh, can yeah. we talk about the combat? Uh yeah. the combat is my favorite of Batman's combats, right? Like that's what it is. It's Batman's combat well, to me. Uh I feel that it's distinct enough to be
3: differentiated. Batman's combat really feels like a rhythm game converted into combat. And this feels like a complicated game of rock, paper, scissors, which is also, it reminded me of playing Soul Calibur back in the day, honestly, because Soul Mm. Calibur has the system where a vertical strike beats a horizontal strike, but a kick beats a horizontal strike, but a vertical strike beats a kick. You know what I mean? It makes a loop. And uh, constantly switching stances or forms in Ghost of Tsushima felt Super great and satisfying, and I really, I think I like the combat in this better than any Assassin's Creed game. Definitely, uh, and that's yeah, me too. Su- that's a big feather in the cap of Sucker Punch for sure, uh, because I, I'll be honest, I'm not like that big a fan of Infamous, but it is novel. The thing, at least they, you know, they did the thing with the concrete and neon. It's They are interesting. It's interesting how Sucker Punch continually is not shy about being inspired and iterative. Like, they take their lead from other great games. They're not so novel that you don't recognize what you're playing. But, man, they do try shit. I really give them a lot of credit Mm -hmm. for they try a lot. Uh, And Mm -hmm. to me, innovation is... Super, super important. I I think it's the only way to combat the grind. I just can't... Unfortunately, gaming is a disposable medium, much like comedy. Like, I can't play the same game forever. I have to have a new kind of game to stimulate Mm. my neuropathways in a different way. And uh, Sucker Punch is an incremental step toward that. Zach, at the top, you uh, identified it as a double-A game. Can I ask what makes it not a triple-A game? Because it feels triple-A quality. Um. I just think
4: that, that looking at Sucker Punch, the size of their studio versus something like, a uh, – uh, sorry, I got a motorcycle going by here. Um, don't
3: be sorry. It makes you, yeah, cool. and it gives
2: you some flavor. It like, adds some flavor. I love it. Yeah,
4: I'm also, I'm also smoking two cigarettes. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, the, you know, like, it is a first party Sony studio, but it's not the size of Naughty Dog, right? Sure. Um, I think that, that that just general resourcing is the way that, that – or at least a cause of a lot of the detractions that I saw for this game. Like a lot of a lot of people are like, well, the facial animations are bad or the textures up close are gross or you know, a lot of the animations are kind of cut and like um, uh, repeated throughout. And mm-hmm. I think that that's, that's really the difference between something like – the last of us part two where every single animation is bespoke depending on what you're the doing what environment
3: changes and, yeah, relative yeah. to your anxiety level. It's not because
4: you have 500, 600 people on staff versus naughty or versus sucker punch, which I think is like 250. I could, I could get getting some wrong, but I know that that sucker punch is significantly smaller and yeah. you know that in that you've got to, you've got to kind of cut back on those sorts of things. And so that's why you see, when two characters are riding up to a uh, mission objective on horseback and they arrive, they both get off their horse in the exact same way at the exact same time, right? Like, there's only one horse dismounting animation in right. that one, right? Sure. And so, like, that, that to me is the difference between AAA and AA here. Not that it's an independent developer, but just, like, the actual size and resource yeah. of those I teams. do think
3: to a casual yeah. player it feels very up to par with oh 100 yeah. i agree
2: yeah. uh, i'm actually surprised to learn that not being as familiar as you guys are with develop like development size and budgets i don't know that stuff as well mm-hmm. as you guys do uh it did not feel that way to me felt just the same mm-hmm. it, i mean it wasn't as good as last of us in my opinion but it felt just as uh robust
3: well zach you, you said know, we, you'd give a game of the year is that over last of us part two
4: yeah wow. i think so I, I think it's funny because like my criticism ironically my criticism with last of us part two is that it's just too long. <laughs> I think that, that that, game needed an editor. And I also acknowledge that this game needed an editor, but like the, the, the stark contrast of these two games to me. Um, it, so I, I got this game early. I got ghost of Tsushima early and was able to play it before all, uh, entirely before mm. it came out. Like, so by the time the game launched, I had already finished it, but last of us part two, I didn't get an early copy and uh so i played that game on release which meant that i played these games basically back to back like i finished the last of us and i started uh, ghost of tsushima in the Mm -hmm. same week and so like starting ghost of tsushima it was like oh this is a capital v capital g video game this is a video game ass Mm -hmm. video game whereas the last of us part two feels like a very definitive like a very distinct experience um and i love the last of us part two as well like i thought it was incredible and there's there are moments in that game that like really really affected me very hard but just like the moment to moment the gameplay or moment to moment gameplay i had more fun with with ghost of Tsushima. Mm. like i just i had way more fun i felt more compelled to see everything that, that Ghost had to offer um when i think about like which game would i rather replay first probably ghost um yeah so i i think that i like i just i just enjoyed the actual playing yeah. of it more
2: nice that's interesting. It uh, tells me how much I do want emotional coherence in the game. So Mike, Mike and I have an mm-hmm. ongoing debate on this podcast. Like I've been sort of framed as the guy who likes gameplay more than story content, and Mike is the opposite. And yet I've, I feel pretty strongly that Last of Us 2 is of order of magnitude better than Ghost of Tsushima. Although I can't deny mm-hmm. any of the things you said about what makes it good. Uh, I just liked the emotions much more in Last of Us 2, so I'm, I'm, I'm learning where I fit on this spectrum a little bit more. Uh,
4: yeah, and like uh, I, the, that's the interesting thing about this is my choice for Game of the Year, because I also acknowledge that Last of Us Part Two is a better game.
2: Oh, interesting, like, okay. Uh,
4: I think it's a better story, and you know, I think that it does gameplay things that are more, um, more interesting, more challenging, more original. Uh, I just, I, the arcadey sort of feel to aspects of Ghost of Tsushima and the, the ability to kind of turn my brain off and wander to these different objectives just resonated more with me by the end of, you know, by the time I rolled credits. Yeah.
2: Yeah. There, there are some very confident video gamey conventions to this game too. Like the wind Mm is a, is, uh, is, how do I, is narratively very silly. (laughs) But also, it's great. Right. It's like, yeah, man, I'm into it. Right. it like, it's new. Fact, it's innovative. Yeah. Right. And the fact that they like, the fact that this place would be a hellscape for a person with allergies is like a thing that I still <laughs> liked about it for a video game. You know, like leaves everywhere and dirt everywhere, but it's like, oh, it's blowing so poetically. I mean, it's kind of a ballsy thing right. in a video game, right? Like, and I like that about it. Uh,
3: just to throw particle graphics friggin' everywhere.
2: And just like, hey man, this place is so beautiful. Like, yeah. it's way more beautiful than you fucking think it is. It looks way like the more. movie Hero. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's like, it's movie Japan. Yeah. Uh, and I uh, great, I was all in for that. Uh, it does tell us we should expect less of it in terms of narrative coherence, I guess. Uh, so maybe we're not yeah. being as fair to it as we should be.
4: I, I I do want to correct. I did misspeak earlier. Naughty Dog is only about a hundred people bigger than. Oh, interesting! Duck-a-punch, but that's still a pretty significant. Difference. Yeah, hundred yeah.
3: folks is a hundred
2: folks, though. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. totally. Okay, interesting. Uh, I, I guess my only. I, I wanted to make one more comment about. So you guys said that you thought this was a step forward. Is that right? Do you think this I is think like a, it's
3: a half step forward. Okay. I think, yeah, I'll okay. agree with that. I think That's what I yeah. mean that is interesting about Sucker Punch is they don't invent a new genre, but they uh, move the genre forward. Whatever genre they tackle, they seem to move it forward in multiple dimensions. Like, they, like you said, it's their own flavor of combat that is notably different than other forms of combat, at least to some degree. And it's their own flavor of traversal with the wind. We haven't seen that before. Uh, Their photo mode is a new, robust, implemented... It's like they implement things in different ways and elevate things, um, but they don't bust in through the skylight with a brand new genre. Yeah. (laughs) This
2: felt very much like the Thomas Edison of games to me in that it felt like a fusion of <laughs> a lot of other elephant, people's right? ideas. Yeah, murdered my <laughs> elephant immediately. Uh, no, it it, uh, it felt like a fusion of a lot of other things that I was aware of. It, I feel like if you've played a lot of AAA games, this game's going to feel like, oh, yeah. It's like a little bit of Batman, a little bit of Assassin's Creed, you know. Yeah, uh,
4: I, I I often described it when I was talking about it, you know, when this game first came out, as like the best one of yes. that game.
2: Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. And yeah. But that's also great because... All those other franchises have bailed on making this game. And it, and I think mm-hmm. this game tells it, like, this being Ghost of Tsushima is like, no, 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 there's still plenty of life left in this game. You just need to it's, care it's weird, about it, you know?
4: It, it is definitely, like, a weird... It feels
2: like it came out of, like, 2015, right? Yeah, definitely, right? Like, yes. Yeah. Yeah, but also it tells us they're not dead yet. You know what I mean? Like, right. we don't need it to be an RPG to be interested in it. It, it can be what it is, just a really good version of it. It's like, great, I'm okay with that, you know?
3: Half-Life Alex is getting lauded tremendously, and I feel it has the same thing. It is not, every aspect of Half-Life Alex has been done in another VR title that's more experimental, but it's a bundle of VR concepts that's sort of a survey of, here's the most AAA VR experience that represents everything VR has we can do so far. It's like a state of the industry disguised as a game in a way. And I feel like Ghost of Tsushima is almost that. It's like um, this genre has been around for so long now that here's a game that is sort of a Criterion Collection remaster of all the concepts that we love about this genre bundled into a new game
2: yeah in an, in a place that yeah, yeah I in, a, that. in a place that deserved to be explored too uh yeah like,
3: absolutely although sucker punch is not a japanese developer are they
2: i don't know uh, uh i wonder I think, if
3: it would have been different if it were developed in japan is all
2: who, uh, yeah maybe i don't know i can tell you that when i was playing this i was also listening to uh The Wrath of the Khans podcast by uh, Dan Carlin. You know, you know, the hardcore. So, and I'd listened to it before, but I was like, dude, I'm going to get full Mongol right now. And, uh, and I did. (laughs) Uh, And it was like, I was very impressed with the amount of effort they, the game put into rendering the history accurately as magical as the world is. Like just little things like they Mm -hmm. drink fermented horse milk. That's true of the Mm -hmm. Mongols. They drank fermented horse milk. Just little things like that that are like, they cared. You know, And I like that. Yeah. I, I respect that. I think that we need to see more of that. If you're going to do history as a template for your video game, I'm into it.
3: Oh, well, they also did Sly Cooper. I didn't know that. I just knew Infamous. and oh, this. Yeah. yeah. Sly Cooper ain't, ain't yeah. too shabby. No. But yes, Good they series. are Underrated series, an American like. development team. Um, yeah, it would be interesting mm-hmm. to see a Jap- Japanese team do it. I just think it's interesting that it's and it like...
4: Is, it is worth noting that this... Yeah it's worth noting that this game also sold super well in Japan oh yeah so, and I saw hmm. a quote
3: from some big wig yeah. Japanese developer who's like I'm embarrassed that we didn't get to this first we should have done this
4: yeah someone major I, yeah I feel like it was like Kamiya no. or something like hmm. that I forget who said it but it was yeah somebody above uh, along those I'm lines. I'm just
3: always interested in like because like uh you know Red Dead Too like Americans presenting what they think a distillation of the wild west is as far as the tropes go in that genre that's going to be totally different than like an Italian team presenting it's going to have more of a spaghetti western vibe or what what have you I'm always interested in in tropes and how they're being filtered through whatever culture is actually presenting the thing you know what I mean I think
4: it was the director of Yakuza.
2: Ah, uh, okay. Oh, I, I see the connection. Uh, there. Uh, neg- sure. okay. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Do you think that because we're living in a quarantine in 2020, that, uh, does that affect the reading on this game in any way to you guys? Cause I think it, it's interesting for this um, to come I out. I think then. maybe, it, I think maybe it affected,
4: I think maybe it affected the way that I decided to do everything in an open world game for the first mm. time ever.
2: Yeah. Like,
4: um, you know, 2020 was the, one of my resolutions at, at, in January. was like, you know, this is going to be the year that I play fewer games and just like really pick the stuff that I'm very, very interested in and, <laughs> yeah. and make more time for you know, reading
2: and, and records
4: yeah. and yeah, shit like that. Uh, it turns out yeah. no, that shit happened and I've just played just an obscene amount of games. <laughs> this, this is year, the year so. of
2: Kissing Strangers 2020. Sign me up for right. it. Right. This yeah. is gonna be my year. Yeah. Uh, I, I mention it because it's the second game of the summer, basically, and they're the big games of the summer, and they're both mm-hmm. apocalypse games. Uh, Last of Us is also mm-hmm. an apocalypse mm-hmm. game, and then this game is an apocalypse game.
3: Well, it's like your culture is irrevocably gone by the right. uh, end. Yeah,
2: right, for sure. Right. It's
4: like an in, It's like a, it's a weird kind of end of yeah. an era mm-hmm. game, and I,
2: if I yeah. think like, it's fun to see games sort of land in that moment where we're open to thinking about these things and maybe we wouldn't have been. But as there's much. always been a part. Po- mm-hmm.
3: I mean, I was going to shout out the original Fallout 1... For having a similar storyline, Fallout 1 ends with you returning to your tiny community after having gone out and conquered the irradiated wastelands by hook or by crook. And you come back and your tiny community is now terrified of what you've become because you've been affected by your journey. And they exile you. They're like, give us the thing that we sent you out for, the quest item, but then get the fuck out of here. We're terrified of you.
4: That's a great that's a great comparison. I hadn't even considered that. Yeah, and that. I
3: just uh so I think uh, Apocalypse has gone hand in hand with video games for a long time. So I hesitate to say that like Sucker Punch started making this because they're depressed about
2: climate change. No, or no, what I don't think I don't think so. It's <laughs> more I'm more asking, do are our is our lens impacted by the by COVID and the and oh, the quarantine? Yeah. That's I what think I'm asking.
3: We're we're accepting art through the lens of being kind of bummed out right now i don't know anyone who's not kind of bummed out right now and i'm a perceiving all art through that lens for sure this
2: game was so beautiful and i'm so in my apartment you know what i mean like it's like oh i'm running on a horseback on hillsides with wind and it's like even though there's people getting burned alive and stuff off in the corners it's fine (laughs) man i'm really you know what i mean i just think it hit at the right time to fully be appreciated uh
4: yeah there was a lot of that like oh yeah outside is nice yeah simulated <laughs> i'll look forward to i'll
2: look forward to experiencing this i've heard in real about life. the outside yeah. oh yeah i yeah. am
3: really extra excited or digging any like i just started skyrim vr and it's amazing because Ooh. any Ooh. outside simulator i'm eating up right now like yeah just show me how, how pretty it
2: is outside yeah that's interesting uh should we pass the final checkpoint mike I think so. Yeah. Uh,
3: although it couldn't have been that interesting if there is nothing to say, but let's end the show, but let's end the show. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> yeah, that was so interesting. Let's stop talking about
2: it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, uh, we still have to do oh. keep or delete where you can put your last points in if you'd like. Oh, I
3: forgot. That's right.
2: Yeah. 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 We still have to do keep okay. or delete. So, uh, uh, this is the final segment where we decide whether this, uh, video game belongs on the celestial hard drive, uh, that we Which shoot we out to the aliens really or whatever. we
3: cleanly define.
2: We usually say something between one to 200 games, uh, that an alien would pick up and think, this is a great medium. Uh, do we keep it or do we delete it? That kind of thing.
5: Hey guys, I'm home.
0: Black women, the way we lean on our mothers, our grandmothers, our sisters, our friends. We're just each other's pulse. I mean, it's molecular, you know? Listen to The Bright Side from Hello Sunshine on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your
6: podcasts. Hello, from Wonder Media Network, I'm Jenny Kaplan, host of Womanica a daily podcast that introduces you to the fascinating lives of women history has forgotten. This month we're bringing you the stories of disappearing acts. There's the 17th century fraudster who convinced men she was a German princess, the 1950s folk singer who literally drove off into the sunset and was never heard from again, the First Nations activist whose kidnapping and murder ignited decades of discourse about Indigenous women's disappearances and the young daughter of a Russian czar whose legendary escape led to even more intrigue and speculation. These stories make us consider what it means to disappear and why a woman might even want to make herself scarce. Listen to Amanika on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Uh, so okay. usually we ask the guests to weigh in first on that, but Mike, why don't you go first this time?
3: Really, I really think Zach should go first, just because that way his interpretation of what the celestial hard drive is is not spoiled by any of our preconceived notions. Yeah,
2: unsullied. Yeah. Okay. Great.
4: Okay, I I can dig that. I say keep, um, and and you like if it was in a in a list of two hundred, right on this hard drive, it would be like one ninety nine. Okay. You know, like it would be on the lower end of the keep spectrum. But I think, like, as we discussed earlier, because it is the best one of those games and it does this 2015 open world in a way that is, like, so perfected to a T, I think this over, like, an Assassin's Creed Syndicate or, like, uh, a Batman Arkham or – not Origins, but um, the first one, Asylum Asylum. or something like that, right? Like, it's – yeah. Yeah. I say
2: keep. Is there any Batman game you would keep over this? Any of those Batman Arkham games you'd keep over this, or no? Well, it's Arkham City. Oh, really? You like City better than
4: Asylum? Oh. I do like City better than Asylum. That's a rare take. Yeah. I I mean, I I love Asylum, but City is, yeah, it takes everything that Asylum does and I think does it better. And also, awesome boss fights. Yes, uh, I remember that.
2: Yeah, Yeah. it's been a while. I need to play that game again. All right, Mike, do you want to go next, or would you prefer I do it?
3: No, I can go, because it's exactly... It's like Zach and I are two video game characters dismounting mm-hmm. our horses mm-hmm. because I, because same <laughs> for the same reasons, I thought I was going to delete it, but I actually will keep it because, for better or worse, this genre is a hugely impactful genre. The third person adventure, where you're either going to do combat or stealth, you know, that kind of game, and you're going to unlock checkpoints and expand the map is so important. And uh, I actually think things like Horizon Zero Dawn or Marvel Spider Man or Arkham are kind of differentiable from this. But mm. um, between, I think this is the absolutely the best one of these types of games, and so I would keep this, and I probably would also keep one of the Arkhams. I think there's room for
2: both. Totally. Yeah, one day we'll have to actually make a list and be like, oh no, there isn't. Or uh, there is, I don't know. Sure. Uh, Well, when
3: when listenership dwindles to zero, we will actually (laughs) reveal what's the best video game. But ironically, no one will hear it or know. Right, right. Into the void,
2: just like the universe (laughs) is destined to become. Yes, uh, I'm definitely deleting this game. Uh, Not because I didn't like it. I, I did, and I think everything you guys said was correct. I don't think it's as distinct from Assassin's Creed or Batman as you guys do. I think that I still prefer Assassin's Creed 2 uh, for a lot of reasons. Uh, although, you know, yeah, a lot of reasons. And also I prefer Arkham City to this game. So, And I've already kept Assassin's Creed 2. So I'm going to keep it... Uh, or excuse me, I'm going to delete it, but I... Hope that they make more. I hope they continue this franchise. I think there should be a franchise of this. I don't think this is the end of the story. There should be more. Um,
4: It's funny. It's funny that you mentioned Assassin's Creed too, because like to me, this game, I felt very similar, similarly about this game that I did to Assassin's the original Assassin's Creed. In that, like, this is a good game, but man, the sequel is going to kick ass. Like, the sequel is going to be so good. I
3: feel that way about Horizon also. So I want to pit those two sequels against each other. That will be exciting.
2: Yeah, I think that was our. I think when we did the episode on Horizon, we were like, "The sequel's the one that we're going to get excited about." Right. Yeah. Uh, I feel that way even about this game. Like, I think there's every reason for Sucker Punch to put a lot more money into Ghost Two. And I think that
4: they will because this game really, really sold well. Shit.
2: Is it too
3: late to delete it? I delete it.
2: No, oh, you're, you're, you're changing. You're changing. Your I'm changing if it's allowed. Yeah. Yeah. You're, of course. It's our show. We can decide I believe we everything want. I said,
3: but Adam added a thing that trumps all that, which is that the next one will be better. And I'm pretty confident in that. So yeah, I'll wait. Mm. I'll wait to mm. keep, to tag my keep. Yeah. I gotta say, uh,
2: it, it, but it's a vote it's, of
3: confidence in Sucker Punch. I think totally. this is their best IP so far. I think they have found an IP they need to stick with for a
2: while. For sure, I enjoyed Second Son a lot. It sounds like you didn't. Uh, I, I did the like infamous
3: it. Games are decent, and Ghost of Tsushima is great.
2: And great's better than decent. That's, yeah, for sure, <laughs> totally. I will say that uh, just thinking about the summer as a whole, like it's been so like so much joy to play Tony Hawk again after these very serious dropouts stuff. You're really good at it. You're yep. very good. Uh, well, it's, I think it's just because it's like, thank you. But it, uh, also, why am I thanking you? Who cares? That's not going to improve my life <laughs> to be good at Tony Hawk. But like, it's nice to... Well, in case chicks are listening, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, helping yeah. you out. It says here on your
4: resume that you're very good at Tony <laughs> yeah. Hawk.
2: That... Would you like to take me out to coffee and show me that dark slide? What do you think? uh string together a <laughs> combo for me no so uh it's just fun to play a game that's like very arcadey and meaningless after these other, like this game mm-hmm. and last of us two are so heavy i would say uh so that's kind of fun mm. a fun way to wrap up the summer uh even if the quarantine will never end you know Jeez. i yeah. know dark i'm sorry mike I sh- this is why you have to host all the episodes including Luigi's Mansion. You have to host it.
3: But Luigi's Mansion is so dark and grim, it's just going to bring out the worst. <laughs> very, it's about friggin' very ghosts, a very dude. They're game. dead, bro. Right.
2: <laughs> that dog ghost really makes you think a lot about the afterlife, by the way. Don't There's want to get too far yeah. There's sludge yeah. involved. There is sludge, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. 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 Lots to, lot to look forward to on one-upsmanship. That's right.
3: Um, <laughs> speaking of one-upsmanship, that's one of them just ended. Hey, gotcha. Um, Zach, thank you so much for joining us. Where can people find you? Where me. what is your what are you what's your most active social platform? That's what I'm trying to say. A
4: Twitter. I'm most active on Twitter, where you can follow me there at ZachariahSD I'm also on a bunch of IGN stuff, uh, but most often on uh, Nintendo Voice Chat uh, NBC mm. It's uh, IGN's Nintendo Show Thursdays at 3 p.m.
3: That's right. How come the D, by the way? Because you're Zachariah R, really right? Well, my middle name is Daniel. Oh, there you go. Red. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Learn something new every day. So there you go. You're Zachary Daniel Ryan. That's a bit of an assassin name. Have you been told that before? I have been told
4: that it is a very evil for uh, set of names. Zachary Daniel. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's got a very foreboding. Yeah. It's <laughs> got a very foreboding sound. But when I when I was a freelancer, my my production company was called Three First Names Production, which I thought was very clever.
2: That is good. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I really enjoy it. Dude, thank you so much for being on. We loved having you.
3: Thank
2: you yeah, for having me. This absolutely. was a blast. Thank you
3: for listening. And you can find us, as always, at patreon.com slash small That's all for this time.
0: we <laughs> complete. <laughs> hey, fam. I'm Simone Boyce. I'm Danielle Robay.
6: What happened next? To find out, listen to Womanica on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.